for far too long. We've been told what to do, what to think, how to be. No more. The old paradigm is crumbling, falling all around us. Burn it all. It's my mission to bring you back to your natural state of luxury, to lead you to an empowered place with energetic intention. Luxury is a personal, expansive experience, one that's been kept from you, hidden away, a soul experience broken into a million pieces. Luxuriously fierce is for those who know there's more, who desire more, even if you don't know what more is. It's for those who are ready to burn old paradigms to the ground and walk through the flames to the other side. For those who are ready to be bold in their being, fierce in their feminine. Luxuriously Fierce is not just a brand, it's a movement. It's not something I do, it's something I am. Together, we are setting fire to the old and forging a new path. A new world. One where openness and truth are the norm. Where changing the world begins with healing yourself. If you're here on this earth, in this lifetime, to light a fire and burn everything you believe to be true to the ground, welcome to my world. Burn it all and watch the ashes fly. Welcome back to the Luxuriously Fierce podcast. I am so excited to have Jackie Gioso with me. Jackie is an intuitive guided empath, a witch, a shadow worker, and an artist. She's also a major screen queen and loves all things dark and twisty, hence the Chucky dolls that are currently right behind her as we sit here. She (laughs) is currently becoming a certified trauma-informed shadow worker where she will mix the mystic with the mundane and pair psychology with her psychic gifts to help people heal lifetimes of trauma. I freaking love this because if you are, if you've been around, been in the Jersey Fierce world for a little while, even just like a very short while, you will know how much I love shadow work. You'll know how much I love intuition and the connection that you get from being connected to your intuition and to your guides and the healing and the transformation that comes from shadow work. Even if you've been in here for a minute, you know how much I love this stuff. So I am really, really excited to sit down with you, Jackie, and I'm really excited for our conversation. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I am. I love shadow work so much. It's so powerful. It's so empowering. This is a topic that I could talk about forever. And I'm sure that, I mean, this is what you do. So I'm sure that... (laughs) It's the same it's, for you. It's literally all I talk about. People are probably saying, <laughs> my family's probably like, can you just go swallow yourself in a shadow right now? Because this is like, oh, you talk about, I mean, books, everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's like scientists. When people, <laughs> mad scientists. <laughs> people are like afraid to talk to you because you're like, I see your shadow. <laughs> Ooh, it, that is so true. It's. Once you do shadow work and then even now, because, you know, I'm becoming certified. So I 
even have like more knowledge on it from different like you know angles of it and it's amazing and it's mind opening and it has you know has life making sense but at the same time it's like I'll be somewhere and like have a conversation with people and I'm just like listing in my head like all their childhood traumas and I'm like this is awful like they're trying to have a conversation with me and I'm like wound 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 and I'm you know I I try to stop myself because you know but you just it's like the healer in me like I want to help you you know and just becoming so aware of you know why we're the way we are it's it's just fascinating it really is it really is fascinating but for anyone who's listening and they have absolutely no idea what we're talking about let's first start off by defining shadow work what it is what it might look like because it looks different for everyone but kind of the process of diving into your shadow like what does that look like for you so shadow work it's it definitely needs to be defined because I feel like in the spiritual community a lot of things become trendy so people have their own views on things which is okay but when it comes to trauma and your experiences I feel like you have to be delicate with it so there's other people that do shadow work which is going is all your memories trauma things that have happened to you big and small personally collectively and it gets stored into your unconscious mind so you have your conscious is that's what you're aware of day in and day out you know you consciously do things your subconscious is things that you're kind of on autopilot you know you're you're kind of aware, but it, you're just so used to doing certain things or saying certain things. It just is natural. And your unconscious is things that you just have no idea what's under there. You know, it's like the abyss of the mind. And, you know, there can be really good things down there that, you know, when people say shadow work, they think it's, oh my God, like, am I going to find out this horrifying, traumatic experience? And yes, you may, but it could be something so simple as, you know, being a young child and you know, you're an artist and you want to be an artist when you grow up and or you want to be a singer and you have a beautiful voice or want to take lessons. And then you have someone as a caretaker that tells you, you know, well, that's not a promising career, you know, be a lawyer, be a, you know, something along those lines, like something more stable or, you know, along along those lines. And so you repress that. Or if someone tells you, oh, you're wasting your time doing that, you know, go study. So we put that and hide that in ourselves. And so shadow work can be a little darker, you know, but we have to let that trauma out. You know, I I just had a friend the other day ask me, she wants to do shadow work with me, but she was scared because she's like, is this going to make my life worse? Finding out something that I have hidden and repressed. And we both think she has some type of a deeper childhood trauma. And I said, it may be triggering at first. It's the only way for the soul and your body to completely heal because trauma turns into disease Mm -hmm. and it turns into toxic behaviors. So, you know, in the end, no matter how hard it is, shadow work is the most healing thing that anyone can do, big or small. Yeah. I think you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, when when I first heard about shadow work and started learning about it before I actually did it and dove into it, it I was scared because I didn't know what I was going to uncover. And it was 
a time in my life where I, I was pushing past things. Spiritually bypassing is essentially what I was doing, right? Mm-hmm. And I wanted things to happen faster than I knew my soul, you know, I knew on a level that they weren't going to happen. They weren't going to manifest because I knew on some level that I had healing to do, that I had work to do, that I had inner work to do. And it was really scary, right? It's scary to confront those things. But what I have found about shadow work, and I think for me, this was probably the most profound realization of shadow work is that the beautiful moments of your life often hold a shadow. Mm-hmm. Like I remember it's um I was in a in a meditation, in a shadow work meditation, and it was a, a memory of like me and a and now ex-boyfriend. And I mean we haven't been together for a decade. Wait, my very first boyfriend back when I was, oh my gosh, probably 17. 18 and it was a memory that I remember as happy as like this joyous moment in our relationship and when I went back into that memory from the shadow work perspective because I remember saying out loud during this meditation I don't know why I'm here I don't know why I was brought back to this particular moment. Like this was a happy time in my life. This is something that I remember as joyous and beautiful. And I kind of watched it play out, right? You you watch those memories play out. And what I realized is that the memory that I had remembered as being a really beautiful moment was actually a moment where I dropped my boundaries. It was actually a moment where I didn't stay true to myself and true to my desires and true to who I wanted to become, right? True to who I wanted to be in a relationship. I dropped those boundaries. And so that realization of this thing, this memory that I was holding on to as a a beautiful moment, it held shadow. Mm -hmm. And it's not, you know, you you hit the nail on your head when you said so many people think that shadow work is dark and full of fear and pain and trauma. And it it is like, I'm not going to let you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. But those beautiful memories also hold, the, hold that, right? Absolutely. Because there's always, and it could still be considered still a good memory but there was a lesson to be learned and boundaries is a huge thing and that's something that's actually personally come up big time for me lately I lacked boundaries completely I am a self I am a people pleaser I am the caretaker role to a T and I was my own demise and I didn't understand why it was like this because I used to sit there and think like I would do all these good things for people and people where people not even from an ego scene. It's like people come up to me like you're such a good person. Like you always think about others. Like I don't think that way. Like it's just like you're always thinking about people. And I always like felt good about that because I like to take care of people. I like to make people feel good. But what I learned, but then bad things were happening to me. It was almost like I, and someone said to me before that I worked with, damn, what kind of karma do you have from a past life? 
And that made me think. Yeah. And I was like, I never <laughs> thought about that way. And I was like, and she said it like jokingly. And I, but mm-hmm. it's stu- it like stuck with me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, because it was I didn't do anything in this life for all. it was it was crazy. Like it was I, I would do something good and then like something in my car would break down. Like it was just like always this energetic thing going on. And I'm like, so when I started doing shadow work, I realized one, I do have karmic debt. And two, there was a common theme that like my guides or that always came up was I'm so nice to everyone else, but I'm so cruel to myself. They were like, you have to stop. And they're like, we're not even saying slow down. They're like, you have to stop. They're like, you leave nothing for yourself. And they're like, you're just going to literally evaporate. And that like stuck with me because I was like, well, and I sat with myself and I was like, wow, I really am cruel to myself. Like, you know, every move I made in life was about how it was going to reflect on someone else or how someone else was going to react, never caring how like what it left for me. And that's a thing you learn with shadow work, you know, because shadow work isn't just maybe going back to a specific memory, but just like patterns you know, that you were taught as a child or from a past life, you know, were all these generations before us were all raised on toxic behaviors and mindsets as a collective. And what does collective do? It spills into households, families, and then they just keep putting it out there. And, you know, people who say they were beat as a child and now they beat their children and say, oh, well, I turned out fine. Like, oh, no, you didn't. You didn't turn out fine. You're actually toxic as fuck. <laughs> like, you know, and I'm sorry that you think being beat to death made you okay. But I want to hug you and say it was not okay. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't want to say hate your parents either because parents use and go by what they know. You know, it's just a never-ending cycle. And I got to a point for my own traumas and wounds I wanted to break that cycle I was like this is it this is it 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 ends with me you know so it ends with me that is such an extremely powerful statement and it holds a lot of responsibility Mm -hmm. right and I think that you know people don't want that responsibility (laughs) flat out People don't want responsibility. It's so easy for us to blame other people, like you said, where we blame our parents and or caregivers or whoever. We blame situational circumstances. There's always something that we're giving our power away to, right? Like, oh, well, my parents did this. My siblings did this. This event happened. And so this isn't my fault. That is literally you giving your power away to other people and to to circumstantial things right and you're not responsible for the things that happen to you or have happened to you but you are responsible for healing it right yep. it ends with you and that is a massive responsibility mm-hmm. it, it is and like like i said before like my guys even told me they're like you have these roles you are meant to break generational cycles you are meant to clear karmic debt with your husband, no matter how hard certain situations get. And they acknowledge 
like I even did a Kashik record session with Kristen and they're like, we're acknowledging that it's hard as fuck for you. They're like, we, we understand that, but like, you got this, just like keep pushing, it's coming, like you're resilient. Like we're acknowledging that this is not easy, but you know, you weren't given this role because you can only handle easy. And that's the thing with you know, this world, everyone loves being in victim mood. It's easier for them to suffer than mm-hmm. to heal. And I acknowledge that, but it's so much more re- rewarding. And, you know, these people with illnesses, like I have autoimmune diseases, and I know that's generational trauma and all that. And I'm starting to heal them with my shadow work. And I look at other people that have them. And you, you start to notice that Everyone does, you give people grace to do things in their own timing. You know, you can't force people to want to heal. But you can also acknowledge that there are people, some people that rather stay sick than to heal. Because as they stay sick, it's like they almost get the attention that they craved as a child that they never got. But if I'm sick, people will feel bad for me or I'll get attention from a doctor or I'll get that or I'll get maybe certain medications that you know, give me a boost in life, you know, they're craving some type of attention, no matter how toxic the form it comes in. And they think healing, well, if I don't have this, then what can I talk about about myself to get people's attention, you know, and some people are probably going to be triggered by that. And if they are, then I think that's an invitation to do their shadow work. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. And that's, yeah, like you said, it's, it's that, that inner child need for something right it's Mm -hmm. and it's what you know it all like if you're sick for a long time it becomes what you know and then it becomes more and more difficult to even let that go right but i love what you said about resilient you said i'm resilient and that's a word that we hear a lot especially in the last couple of years We're resilient. We're resilient. Kids are resilient. And I fucking hate this word. Mm -hmm. I hate it. I it just just no. Like, can we just stop using this word? (laughs) I don't think it's the way they context the context people use. Right? Like the resiliency by definition is building up strength, building up building up resiliency right against from fear from trauma anxiety sadness you know whatever it is over time right and it's like if you are an adult who is resilient to these things how sad is that that over time that over time you have been exposed to so much pain to so much trauma to so, so much sadness and anxiety or whatever it is that you're now resilient to it. And I just think I especially when we use it in terms of kids, kids are resilient. Fuck right off. No, yeah, I know that. They're not resilient. Kids are malleable. They're malleable. You can you form a child, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, even if kids are resilient, which by definition they're not, because over time, like the overtime part of the definition is what says kids are not resilient, right? Yeah. They have not been around long enough to develop this resiliency. Even if they were, is that your goal? 
Like, is that your yeah. thing as a parent? That they can handle trauma. That, they can, that they're exposed to so much of this shit that they mm-hmm. develop resiliency. Is that your goal for society? I'm just like, it, it, it blows my mind when people use this words. I'm like, please educate I, yourself before you talk to me. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And resilience, like I said, with, I feel like I feel like this with a couple words, like even, even strength, like being strong, like sometimes that word ticks me off too. Mm-hmm. So with Brazil, when, when I say resilience, I, when I say it now, I come from a different point and I don't like using it for children either, but I, for myself as before I was resilient because I had to constantly go through shit and I'm still alive today. Yep. Today I use it as I'm choosing to be resilient because I want to, I'm consciously choosing this. Like I want to overcome these things. So like now I kind of come from a different place with my being resilient that I feel like I can overcome anything because I understand the whole picture of it. Yeah. But when resiliency is forced upon someone that I don't agree with because that's not what it's supposed to be, you know? And even when I used to get triggered when people say like, you're so strong, I'm like, well, like, why do I have to be like, yeah, you know, and especially like when my dad pays and all this, they're like, you're so strong. I could never do that. Like I would be a drug addict if I went through what you went through. And I would just be like, okay, like, does that mean I'm less affected than you would be? Or, you know, stuff like that. And people don't realize when they use certain words, how triggering they can be. And I used to be offended by people telling me that I was strong because I was like, why do I have to be strong? And you get to kick back, you know, like, cause some people don't have a lot of trauma, you know, but now when I'm okay with the word strong, when I say it for myself, because I feel like I'm, I'm allowed to say it. I'm allowed to say I'm a resilient. I'm allowed to say I'm strong because I went through it. But when we project it on people as if trauma is just some is something that you have to do to be a human in this world, like that I'm not okay with. Yeah. Because it shouldn't be that way. No, it shouldn't be. And I think that we, like our generation and generations before us, have built up this resiliency. And whether that's a healed resiliency or an unhealed resiliency, you know, that's dependent on the person. Like, have they done their shadow work? Have they gone to therapy? Have they, you know, healed their shit? But the fact that we're still, we're still using this word to talk about younger generations and it's just, it's not, it's not it. Right. I totally agree. And I think I love, I love that you just made that distinction and like, in terms of your personal definition and, and use of the word of resiliency. And like, thank you for sharing that because you just brought up a really important, I think it's important, a really important thing that I've talked about before on this podcast is safe versus unsafe or healed versus unhealed, right? And I actually learned from Nikki Colmoni, who I know, I know her, I know you know her and love her, I'm sure, as much as I do. Absolutely. Shout out to Nikki. Bad girl. (laughs) (laughs) But when I was working with Nikki, she taught me this idea of safe versus healed safe versus unhealed safe. And so basically what that means is like you have these patterns, these these things that you do that at one point kept you safe. And at some point, you, you know, we hold on to the things that keep us safe, right? They're there for Absolutely. a reason. They keep us safe. And we we tend to hold on to those things. But at some point, some of those patterns are no longer, they, they no longer serve us, right? So they become unhealed. They're unhealed safe. And that came up for me when you were talking about 
the difference in resiliency is this healed resiliency versus unhealed resiliency where unhealed resiliency would be like resiliency that that's projected onto you that you have not healed right that you have not moved Mm -hmm. through that you've not checked yourself on basically or taken responsibility for whereas healed resiliency would be like you said you get to say that you're strong you get to say that you're resilient because you have done the work and you've shown up for yourself and absolutely you know now we're here absolutely and how i like how you mentioned about like the unhealed because so being safe at one point like the unhealed safe it's almost it was because of survival though you know and that's where you bring in like you had to create that situation of an unhealed safeness out of survival so it's not an ideal you're not actually safe it's just kind of this false sense of safe for the moment you know so you Mm -hmm. basically don't you know it become your demise at that moment and that's why things do go into your unconscious but that's the whole point of being like the healed safe is understanding at that time i did that to survive that moment but that not that has that's not a part of me anymore you know so you have to like heal that in yourself because there's so many instances that we do things just out of survival and it really plays a toll on you and it changes, you know, all your neural pathways. It changes the way you react to certain situations, the way you get triggered because, you know, your brain doesn't like things being different. And even if, you know, the start of it is something that's not safe, it's, it's more toxic, your brain just is so used to that. And, you know, these, that's why these people continue these bad habits they go back to these you know abusive partners or you know these addictions it's because that's what their body knows that's what their mind knows and Mm -hmm. it's a hard thing to break but it's possible you know when people tell you oh you're going to be an addict forever oh you're going to be sick forever and I do not believe that even a little bit no even a little bit it's so easy to project that like the Mm -hmm. the once a cheater always a cheater kind of thing it's just like Mm -hmm. (laughs) but something that just came through for me when you were talking right now is like when we get to when we get to this point and you know you start diving into your shadow and you're doing shadow work you're healing you're expanding your your awareness is just like so beyond magnified it and that honestly is my favorite part Mm -hmm. but just last weekend I found myself in a situation where I didn't feel safe Yet I knew that for that moment, I was in the safest place that I could have been, right? It wasn't any safer. You know, I, I, had, I had to sit down and like weigh my options because of course my, you know, your nervous system gets activated, your fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. And so I had to calm myself and be like, okay, what are my options here? What is available to me right now? And Ultimately, I decided that staying where I was was a safer option. It wasn't safer for me to leave at that moment. I did leave a few hours later. Like this was kind of like in the middle of the night sort of thing. So like literally at 5 a.m., the sun rose and I was out. (laughs) But 
it was I found myself, you know, sitting there thinking like, how weird is this? But also how beautiful is this that I don't feel safe? And yet I know that I'm in the safest place that is available to me right now. And I get to hold both of those things. This this unsafety or un, is that a word? Unsafety with with safety. It's a Yes, it's fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. But I got to hold both of these things. And I I was reflecting on that, like after I got to a safe space and, and you know, things were OK. And I realized, you know, there was a time in my life, which honestly was not that long ago. It feels like such a long time ago, but it really was not that long ago where I would have panicked. I would have mm-hmm. reacted instead of responded. I would have freaked the fuck out, mm-hmm. basically. And it's like that awareness and that realization of how much shadow work has given me was just like that's really awesome that's actually that's actually the goal because you know we live in this world that's not safe okay we collectively it's not safe it is not safe and we're only responsible for ourselves and how we react so sometimes we're going to be in a situation that's not ideal and you know maybe there isn't a great solution to it but the fact that you could you know stop be aware of your options and constant consciously choose even though you know maybe they it wasn't safe but you got to choose what was safest for you in that moment you just recreated nor new neuro pathways so now when you're in similar similar situations like you can stop and do that whereas setting into that panic mood and having your system like totally dysregulate it and you know creating more trauma you consciously chose for yourself what was best at that moment and I mean that's that's amazing it really is just something as little as that is profound to our bodies and our mind yeah and it it's a powerful realization in I mean in 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 how much work I've done and in how far I've come and like with shadow work I feel like and probably I feel this way because this is this was my attitude when I first started was that you know you go in you heal the things that need to be healed and that's kind of it like and you know I knew that there would be expansion right and I knew that my level of awareness would increase just solely based on the other spiritual spiritual work that I'd done prior to diving into shadow work but I really I really just thought of shadow work as healing as like healing the moments healing the memories healing the things that come up and that's kind of where it ended right I never saw it as something that would always be with me if that makes sense like it It does in that moment where I wasn't I didn't feel safe, but I knew that I was safe. I and in recognizing, like, oh, hey, my shadow work, the things that I've learned are still with me. Like, I, I did not foresee that. It, it's, yeah, you kind of think that. I guess it, it's just going to kind of some things I thought were just going to go away. Like there were things I need to know, and then that was it. And but there's things that happen. I feel like are just a part of you, but we just learn how to 
like come to terms with it and kind of mm-hmm. integrate it and go about our lives better with it, react better. And then there's some things that we learn about ourselves that we had no idea, you know, and you know, you just know that you need something. You need some type of healing. You know, this is not working. You're stuck. You know, you think it's going to be maybe a few quick sessions or, you know, going to talk to someone, you know, how we go to psychiatrists, talk to them a little bit and then go about your day. But the thing is, like, it, it literally just changes like your whole life because I and I guess it's the spiritual part of it because it's just broadens you like not just like individually, but collectively. And you just see everything for what it is and that your reality actually is bullshit like everything you were learned everything you were taught everything that was shown and coming out of your tv or anything is actual fucking bullshit and it's a hard pill to swallow it's kind of a mind fuck but it's the most amazing thing because i was someone who always was like i can't believe this is my world i can't believe this is what's going on in my life you know i just i always and people that like newbie will say like I always like there's something more than this there has to be something something isn't right like there's something more out there and you know I've seen spirits since I was young I was always into like you know the cold witchy stuff since I was born so I was always kind of I was like okay like maybe I'm just a little crazy whatever but once I did this it just opened up all these doors and I was like I was right but it's like bigger than I even imagined and it's like the most beautiful thing ever you know like I just like want to first sometimes because I'm just like I want to just heal everyone because it's just to not to know that you're not alone and this doesn't have to be it like these struggles don't have to be the theme of your whole life it's just a part of your story you know and it's just but it's not your whole book and I think that's like the best part is like now once you do your shadow work you can write the rest consciously instead of reading a book unconsciously Ugh. You're speaking to my soul. (laughs) Literally, I say this all the time in like in my business, in Luxuriously Fierce. I held the pen and it comes from this idea that when you step up and you take responsibility for your life and you take responsibility for your healing and you take responsibility for the things that you desire and in moving towards those things, when you step the fuck up and you step into your power and you are an empowered being you become the author of your life. You hold the pen, right? Literally, my signature program is called Storyteller. And this is exactly why. It's 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 so true because, first of all, that's beautiful. And when you think about it, we are always living our lives about connected to other people and like so out of our bodies. And it's... It, that's why our lives for most people are so disappointing because we we live them connected to just a bunch of unhealed people you know we're all these unhealed people like searching for answers in another unhealed person like look that's that's why we get codependent relationships and we get you know passing on to children it's just we're all searching for something something out there but it's like all already within ourselves you know and once we like turn in and realize like we have obviously we still want love from other people and we want to feel that emotions and all that that doesn't go away that's a human experience but there's so much once we're okay with ourselves we're happy with who we are 
we look at the people around us differently, you know, and we see, yeah. you know, the heel unhealed parts of them, but we also have more compassion, you know, like, okay, like I understand why you're the way you, you are. You're not just a dickhead. Like, yeah, you're a dickhead, but I understand why you're a dickhead. You know? <laughs> but I you get it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's easier to hold space for people, you know, <laughs> it is a lot easier. And I think, I think a, like something that just came through was like you don't have to wait for something pivotal to happen like you don't have to wait for your life to fall apart or for you to hit rock bottom to to pick up the pen to to step up for yourself right like I just think you know I I lived a very 3d human experience I had the job I had a great relationship I had the brand new car that I drove off the lot with zero kilometers on it that I could brag about to all my friends. And, you know, I I had all the stuff and my life still fell apart, right? It still wasn't enough. And that's my experience and, and that's my story. That's part of my story, right? But like, it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be this earth shattering thing that gets you on the path to self nope i mean it 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 doesn't and for a lot of people that is what happens Mm -hmm. and that may be because we're gluttons for punishment or if that's just our contract with our soul that we need to experience these things like for me it was different i had to literally fall the fuck apart and you know when my it took me 10 years after my dad died you know so I have like childhood trauma from like things going on, you know, parents, normal stuff like parents fighting and, you know, not being emotionally regulated. And then, you know, I'm 21 years old and my father suddenly passed away. I come home from work and I find him in our bathroom. So not only am I losing my parents suddenly, but I have to figure out that situation, which triggered the parent, parent fight child and myself you know always having to take care of an adult because that's been a theme in my life and me and my dad were very close like we were no matter what he did we were just we had this bond and it was really hard and you know I shut down I dissociate it I don't even remember the couple years after my dad passed I I don't even really remember what happened then I thought I was okay I thought I had to be okay I had to take care of the people around me and then some years pass and I'm worse. I would come into work to my one friend and just cry. And I'm like, I don't want to be here. Like, I just, I don't, why am I worse? Like, I should be over this by now. Like, why do I want to just leave this earth? Like, I don't understand. And it was because my body was saying it couldn't take anymore. My shadow was so big that it was like screaming. And it, you know, and then I got pregnant got married, got pregnant, and then I'm having a child and well, I'm going to, I just had my child and I was like, something's got to change. Like my autoimmune disease was worse. I have a child now. I never handled my grief. I did nothing about it. And traumatic grief, for anyone who doesn't know, affects the body differently than regular grief. Mm-hmm. And I have three leaky heart valves, which my heart was slowly breaking. And I got to a point where I was like, this cannot be it this cannot be it so then I found like Danielle on shadow work and 
it was the best thing I could do. But I think subconsciously, a part of me knew I had a cycle to break from my child because my father lost his mother when he was seven and it destroyed him. It stuck him in that like Peter Pan mood his whole life. He was like very like a childlike father, which was good in some ways, but some ways it wasn't. It was a wound. And he would tell my mom like, oh, his biggest fear is me finding him dead or like things like that. And that's what happened. And I was like, this is this is a karmic tie that has to break and I'm doing it. And then I stepped in and I did the work and I do it every day and it's never going to stop. Because healing just doesn't stop. Oh, that is a lot. Like, I mean, like your heart is literally breaking. Mm-hmm. It's true. My heart, my heart was literally breaking. That's just. I mean, I don't have words for that. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. I'm like trying to think of something to say, and I got nothing. I got nothing. That I mean, how. It's just proof that like we can, like I got to a point where I was like, I want to live. And now I just want to live. Like I don't want to run away. I don't, you know, I'm, I look forward to each day, even though some days are hard and, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, but I look forward to something every day. And I just want to get to squeeze the most out of this world. And if I didn't do my shadow work, it just, my life would have looked a lot different. Yeah. A lot different. Oh, thank you for sharing that story. That's very, very vulnerable and very powerful. Thank you. I feel like people need to know that no matter what you go through, like you can come out and, Mm -hmm. you know, it makes me want to share that because that's why I'm becoming a shadow worker because I know there's trauma out there and I know people are at their wits end where they think they are a lost cause and there is no such thing. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. Really, you know, the the quote unquote lost cause is that we don't allow ourselves to we don't allow ourselves the space to breathe, to grieve, to to grow, to expand, to do any of the things we live so stagnantly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's not that's survival. That's not living, right? It's not. It's most of us do live by survival or autopilot and you know we live in a world where emotions are like a bad thing, you know, like you're, you're always shut them down. Like, Oh, you're being too sensitive or you're a man, you're being a girl, you know, every, you know, emotions are always look as a negative thing. And it's literally one of the biggest parts of us. Like we, nobody holds space for people to take time and rest, to have boundaries, to take a breath. You know, we surround ourselves by people who don't let us take, time to breathe and we just run on that's why we burn out you know and it's just like a constant cycle we don't let people allow us the time we need to grieve for however long that looks because that looks that timeline's different for everyone like some people they're okay but then some people will grieve forever and then we tell those people well you got to get over it you know like no nobody needs to get over anything you feel the way you need to feel you know and that's that Nobody needs to tell you different. Like what you feel is okay, whether that's something good or something bad. You know, you're a human. You feel what you need to feel. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Your emotions are the most powerful part of you, right? When you and when you use them to 
fuel something within you when you use them to make change what you know whatever it might be i mean the power in that is just it's immense it's It's crazy it's it's so immense and when people tell me i'm sensitive or whatever i'm just i take that as a compliment because at least i feel you know and if you're trying to shut me down that's because you're shut down and it's just you know i'm gonna feel what i gotta feel and for a lot of times i and I still repress things sometimes, you know, it's still something I work on, you know, I'm not completely healed with that. And I struggle with boundaries sometimes, but I like getting it out. You know, it's, I am who I am. I'm an empath. I'm overly sensitive. I feel probably what you're feeling before you even feel it. Like, you know, like my mom, my mom or husband walk in a room. I won't even see their face. I'm like, turn around, go back upstairs. I said, uh, uh-uh, this ain't right. Your energy is totally off. And they'll be like, what? I'm like, upstairs come back let's do this again they're like you, okay like we'll try this again <laughs> that's I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's me that's me and my family i'm like no the vibes are off what? <laughs> yeah, like you're just like <laughs> so want to spray them down with some <laughs> good yeah. vibe lysol or something <laughs> getting out getting out of my sage like <laughs> it's your bad juju out of here <laughs> seriously I, I, I that's me walking around my house all the time like oh your juju is rough and <laughs> <laughs> i love it oh my gosh i'm going out and feeding the squirrels get out of my face <laughs> okay we need to talk about this squirrel his name is rocky yes you've named yes. him mm-hmm. okay guys if you don't follow jackie on instagram go follow her on instagram i'm gonna drop the link the link to her instagram is in the show notes jackie has a pet squirrel i do outside and he is <laughs> he's a wild one yeah, my mom literally once she probably threw me in a home daily because she, she can't stand them. My whole household's like, oh, it's a tree rat. Get that thing out of here. But I just love him. He's hungry and he lets me feed him out of my hands. And I've been doing it for probably like two months now. And he just lays there like a dog, kind of like flat and will wait for me at the door. He'll knock on my door. He tries to open it sometimes. But if... Yeah, he he's so sweet though. I mean, he's getting a little rambunctious, but you know, I don't. I <laughs> my family's like, tell him to get away, you know, or do this or whatever. And I'm like, no, I am not gonna block his third cho- chakra, his will. Okay, like you did to me. Let him do his thing. You know, <laughs> he's. I love it. Nature. <laughs> I love watching your Instagram stories because I'm just like, when is the squirrel going to come onto my deck? And just chill. I have three dogs, so I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> well, we're, but one dog freaks out over him, but I, I try to keep them separate. But uh, it's crazy because I just thought it was him at first because he was so young and he was hungry and didn't have a family. So he took to me, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't a predator to him. But then I was going to the park with my son and feeding squirrels. And there was a few squirrels that let me hand feed them as well. So that brings to like, I mean, I've always been good with animals but it shows you like once you raise your vibration too animals are on a whole different level they like they are so above us and not many you know wild animals just eat out of your hand so i took that too i was like oh my vibration is getting higher right and they're they're yep. flocking to me now you know they know right animals know they know who they, they know and who they can't right they know that you're not going to hurt them and they know that you're a friend right and like it's so 
I just it, love it. it. It's it literally like I look forward to it every day. And then the other night, my brother, even my husband had Animal Planet on. My dad used to watch it all the time. I watch it sometimes with him, but um, I cannot watch it for long because I can't watch the circle of life. And my husband's yeah. like, it's the circle of life. I'm like, no. And I, I'm literally, I had to put my headphones on. Um, my eyes are like starting to get all watery. I cannot hear any of that happen. And he's looking at me and he's like, you watch horror movies daily and tons of crime documentaries of people literally getting severed and you don't blink an eye he's like but you know this cub's trying to feed itself to live and you have to put your headphones on and you're tearing up he's like what's wrong with this picture <laughs> i know this isn't typical but i can't help it i'm like if you put ted bundy on i was like i probably would fall asleep i said as awful as it sounds but i'm like you have an animal planet on and i'm about to spiral mm -hmm. Like literally yeah. spiral. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I understand <laughs> where you're coming from. I'd hate to see some. There's some past lives of mine that I probably don't even want to know about. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, I love this so much. If people are listening and they're like, I also will fall asleep to Ted Bundy and <laughs> cry at Animal Planet. <laughs> And they want to work with you. They want to reach out to you. They want to talk to you. Where do they go? How do they find you? All the things. Yeah. Either the cops are going to my house or I'm going to get some clients. Either way. I mean, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they could all, the cops could also be clients. So, you know, two birds. That's true. But <laughs> that's true. I live in Philadelphia. So there's so much crime that I'll probably go and notice for a while. <laughs> it's hard to get them to come out. <laughs> But I do want to say one thing uh, for anyone who does want to work with me. I'm very, very big on the dark goddesses. So I think that's why I'm so into the, like the darker stuff, though I have seen lives of like, you know, darker lives, which lives, whatever. But I just want to throw this randomly out there because it's very important to me. I feel like there's a big stigma with light and dark and a lot of light workers didn't do their shadow work and they have a shadow wound of the dark feminine so i just want to make clear that the dark feminine is nothing dark at all whether hollywood makes you think that the media makes you think that the bible makes you think that i have found in my work with shadow work and witchcraft the dark feminine is the most healing thing that you can expose yourself to with this it's just suppressed women these powerful fucking goddesses that were suppressed by men and everything and they are so 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 healing and do not frighten away from anything that seems darker because we that's where you'll you'll have your rebirth and that's something i'm very very passionate about with my shadow work yeah i agree i agree with you even on that like i connect not i mean he's not a goddess i connect very deeply with lucifer who you know, even just saying that word, be like, oh my gosh, he's the devil. Oh, I know. Like, no. <laughs> like, no, <Mer> not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Someone told you that, but they, that wasn't true. Yeah. <laughs> like, just no. Also, he's sarcastic as fuck. Okay. Like, literally, just. Mm -hmm. They all are. They're funny. Yeah. yeah. Really funny. It is really funny. It is really mm -hmm. funny to connect with the god gods and goddesses and, and all mm -hmm. the guys and stuff. And it's just like, like yesterday, someone was doing an Akashic reading for me 
And she's practicing, like practicing going into other people's Akashic records and reading. And so I was, she's in my records. I'm watching Good Bones on HGTV. And it's an episode where they paint the house blue. It has like beachy vibes. And I am looking at this house and I'm like, I fucking hate that. <laughs> I, was, I just felt that in my head like, ew. Just no. <laughs> I, I, and I, I mean, I love the show. I love all the designs. I really do think, and I think the house is cute, but like I would never live in a blue house. I don't like blue. It's white or black. Okay, that's it. Those are your options. Not even gray. It's white or black. <laughs> so the episode is over. And I pick up my phone and I have a message from this girl who's been in my records. And she says that she sees me in a blue house with a garden out front. And I went, Lucifer, you fuck. Are you furious right now? Did you tell her that I see me in a blue house? You showed her that because you know I fucking hate blue houses. <laughs> I was like, no. Like, <laughs> like you got that one wrong. Yeah, and she's like this girl. She's just the sweetest. She's so new to the spiritual world, just mm-hmm. in general. And so I sent her a message, and I was like, you know, sometimes your guides really fuck with you, and that they're sarcastic, and you know, they're playing tricks on you. And so I explained to her all of this, and she thought that was so funny. And I was just like, honestly, like, no, what, what is happening right now? But yeah, those darker ones, they're they're funny too. They really are. But I love that because it just shows, I feel like it ma- makes them more relatable, you know, because some people get, do get freaked out. You know, sometimes they will come to you as like a totally other being to certain people because they know that they're going to fear them right away. Mm-hmm. But really, they're like the coolest. They're so cool. And really, like, ever. They, I'm very sarcastic myself. Like, if me too. You know, if you I'm met like me the Chandler, I'm like a Chandler being. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm yeah, very dry, very yeah. kind of like stoic sense. Of, that is me, and so mm-hmm. I need my guides to be like that. Otherwise, I'm you know I wouldn't resonate with them, right? And it's just it's so funny, and I love it so much. If people want to work with you, if they they want to learn about the guides, about the dark goddesses, about Lucifer, you know whoever, how do people find you online? Where do they, you know, have you got any programs coming up or things opening? What are you offering? So you can find me most active on Instagram. I'm actually creating a program right now. So I I kind of would hope it comes out probably by October is my goal. And it's going to be like the rise of the dark feminine. And it's going to use shadow work, diving into, you know, know, the the archetypes with them and what they stand for, you know, the repression, the patriarch stuff, how, you know, women are repressed, childhood traumas, because, you know, if you go into their stories, they have a lot of similarities to us. So I'm using that for a lot of healing. And then I'll have, I'm going to create like little programs too, because for men and women, you know, stuff like that. So I'm hoping by October to have some sessions out, creating a container and then like single sessions for people as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, like go nyx is nyx nyx at night nyx yes. at at night n-i-t-e i'll have the 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 link in the show notes too but i mean just go and connect with jackie guys like you you know hit her up in the dms i, I swear i'm not too scary i'm just like <laughs> she doesn't show you her chucky doll you'll be fine <laughs> but if you want it, if you come over you can have a play date <laughs> 
We'll be friends to the end. Heidi Hill. The end. Yeah. I feel like having a Chucky doll is like the ultimate best friend test. Like if if you're not freaked out by the Chucky doll, like best friends for life. Or even better, if you have a Chucky doll, best friends for life. <laughs> I mean, it is. I I know I always he's always got my back. Yeah. When my husband messes with me, I say, Oh fuck me, Chucky's gonna come. And <laughs> He just stares at me, and a part of him's like, you're full of shit, but the other part of him's like, I don't trust this bitch. I better not mess with her. (laughs) He's like, there's a slim chance that that thing might come alive. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it so much. And I don't try to change his mind either. I, like, let him keep up on his toes. Just let him. Let him go with that. (laughs) I have one last question for you. Yes. And that is, what does luxuriously fierce mean to you? It means to me, I'm just on my toes right now, just living the most fierce and lavish, authentic lifestyle that we're meant to be. You know, I feel like it's so projected that life is supposed to be a certain way and we have to live small. And I feel like that word is just like the most expansion and like big part of us in our living, like coming into our full authentic sky isn't even the limit itself you know because that's the way we need to live we're allowed to live big you know we're the things that we dream that seem impossible and out of reach are literally at our fingertips and inside of us and i feel like that's just living that word that phrase oh i love that so much yeah that's it that's it be fierce baby be fierce Thank you so much for being here. It's been thanks so- for having me. I am so excited we finally got to do this. I know it's been it's been a long time, but it's it's worth it. It was so worth it. It was so worth it. I I love it so much. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, and I'll see you on the gram. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> if you loved this episode or know someone who would, share it and show some love. Screenshot the episode in the app share it to your Instagram stories along with your favorite fierce moment from the episode. And don't forget to tag me at luxuriously fierce podcast. You can also subscribe, leave a review and follow me on Instagram at luxuriously fierce podcast and at luxuriously fierce underscore. Thank you for listening to today's episode and don't forget to tune in next week for more things luxuriously fierce. The luxuriously fierce podcast is sponsored by goddess support an oracular online business management company providing you high-level intentional support so you can be the creative and visionary in your business. Goddess Support goes the distance that traditional business coaching doesn't. Imagine having a turnkey team of goddesses that have your back with everything from strategy to implementation. That's what's possible with Goddess Support. We exist to serve the goddess that is you, and we are honored to help fulfill your big vision. Learn more at goddess.support or find us on Instagram at goddess.support.